happens when you combine business, pop culture, and at least five analogies to ballroom dancing. You get Off the Floor, a podcast to help you get to that next step in your career or your tango. Here's our host, Chris Lynham. Thank you so much for tuning in to Off the Floor. This is episode one. Today, our guest is Alice Cannon, one of the top wedding photographers that you'll find on Instagram. She's based out of Salt Lake City, and I can't wait for you to hear her story and how it might relate to yours. Well, first, like once I saw your Instagram profile, I was like, oh my gosh, like you've taken some like breathtaking photos. And, uh, and I just think, you know, your work needs to be shared with more people. So, um, so it's really great to be able to chat with you. Yeah, you're welcome. So uh, give me the origin story of how you got things going and, and how you came up with your great handle too. I think that's awesome. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. Um, okay. The start of my business goes all the way back to when I was probably 14 years old. I did a class all through my elementary school and middle school years called Gifted and Talented. And it was a class basically designed for students who weren't pushed in the normal classroom. And so I had a different curriculum in that class than most other classes. And it was supposed to really push us. And we spent the year working on um, this project called National History Day, which is totally random and sounds super nerdy, but that's <laughs> what I did. I studied a topic for the entire year and I competed with it. And at the end of the year, we had six to eight weeks left that we got to choose what we studied for the rest of the year. And my friend in the class actually said, what if we do photography? And by the end of the year, I had completely fallen in love with it. So I started taking pictures. And so technically that's kind of the beginning, but then throughout the next couple of years, I just used my family's camera. I'm pretty sure that it was just, um, like a step below a Canon rebel. I don't know how much you know about cameras, like it wasn't even good. And then this family that I babysat came over and said, my father-in-law is a photographer and he gave us his camera. We don't know how to use it. Will you learn how to use it? You can hold on to it until you go to college. When you go to college, just teach us how to use it. Um, I didn't know at the time, but now I know that it was a Canon 5D Mark II. I had been given. Yeah. And so I had no idea how nice the camera was, but I would go with my next door neighbors almost every day to have a photo shoot. And we would go to the canal behind my house and just take pictures. And then I'd go home and I would edit them on iPhoto. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Um, Which is not good at all. (laughs) And my pictures also were not good. And it's so funny. I just did everything trial and error. But when I graduated from high school, I was really frustrated with my work because it just was not where I wanted it to be. I didn't like my editing. I didn't like my posing. I didn't like anything um, that I did. I just knew that I wasn't where I wanted to be. And I got so frustrated that I stopped. So for an entire year, I didn't take pictures. I didn't really do anything with it. Um, My camera stayed in its box in my closet. And then... After my first year of college, someone asked if I would do their engagement photos and I was really hesitant about it, but I decided I would do it. And so we went and did their pictures. And once again, I came home and I didn't like any of them. I thought they looked really bad, but 
I remembered how much I absolutely love photography. And so in that moment, I decided that I would do whatever it took to get where I wanted to be. So I went the next day to a camera shop and I talked with them for probably two hours I also didn't know anything about cameras and they helped me buy a new camera with some lenses and really get started. And so figured out how to use my camera. I learned how to use Lightroom and I also started thinking about changing my name on Instagram to Alice Shoots People. But I didn't think it would catch on. Like I thought people would think it was weird. And so I stewed on it for probably a year Wow! before I changed my name. And then finally one day I just did it. I just changed my name to Alice Shoots People. And then did like caught on, (laughs) did did just totally blow up at that point. I mean, do you think that that was like the, the trigger or, I mean, pardon the pun, that was not even intentional. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was a good one. Um, yeah. So I feel like once I changed my name, I officially branded myself Mm -hmm. as a photographer. And so my Instagram was no longer just a personal Instagram I was branded by the name Alice Shoots People. And I was very surprised at people's reactions to it because initially it was just my friends and family that were like, oh, that's so funny. Uh, And I'm like, okay, I'm glad that you understand it and you think it's funny. And then I started just really pushing my Instagram game, I guess. And I started posting every day. I started shooting every day, just looking up tutorial after tutorial on YouTube on how to use Lightroom. Um, And it took about a year before I feel I kind of had my feet on the ground and I started just running with my business. So it's hard when people ask me when I started my business, technically I was 14, but really when I understood what was going on and I had the equipment to do so was really more like three years ago. That's great. So I, I, you, you shared some really, really cool stuff that I think maps over to our audience. And like, it sounds like you fell victim to like that internal critic that can kind of shut down potential dreams and aspirations because your editing eye was so severe. And yet people on the outside might have like loved some of the work that you did. Did you regret at all? Like having like that camera in the box, I think is such a great visual too. Do you feel like you lost anything during that time? Do you feel like it kind of helped? Was it painful enough that it made you just come back with a vengeance? How do you see that time now? Um, That's a really good question. So before I took that year off, I really thought that I was so good. And it's (laughs) hilarious. I go back and look at my pictures. They really are terrible. Um, (laughs) And we just laugh about it. But I mean, I knew that I wasn't where I wanted to be, but I also still thought that I was pretty good. And right before that year happened some girls from my high school made a status on Facebook obviously pointed at me and it said basically I don't know why anyone would or they're sick of people who are becoming photographers that suck that everyone's telling them they're so good they really just need to stop and I knew that it was directed at me Um, and there was a whole thread of comments on there about how everyone was telling me I was good but I wasn't good And it really just kind of tore me apart. Um, So I took the year off. And when I came back and took my camera out of the box, used it and realized that, hey, you know, I might not be very good. And I recognize that, but I'm going to do whatever I can to get better. And it really drove my passion um, to motivate me so that during 
the other times in my career, even currently, sometimes I'm like, I'm not good enough. I just should stop. Um, but I remember back to that time and promising myself that this really is my dream. I've tried my life without doing pictures and I just like picture taking pictures so much more that it really motivates me to push through the times when I'm down on myself. And instead of sitting getting frustrated with myself, it's like, okay, what do I need to do to become better? And it just motivates me to put in the extra time and the effort, um, reaching out to people and doing collaborations or marketing myself more, um, just figuring out where my weak spots are and fixing them rather than just kind of trying to dust them under the rug. Oh, that's so cool. Do you have like a screenshot of that Facebook thread, like the comments and stuff? Oh, that's a good question. I wonder if I could find this. You should find um, it and and just frame it because that <laughs> I, I got fired up listening to that. That was <laughs> no, it was so sad. I yeah, I was bullied a lot in high school and I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder right after I graduated and came to college. And wow. my photography is what has saved me. Wow. Um that like through all of my counseling and my really hard days, like that is my escape. So in the end, like I'm very grateful for the people who were mean to me because it really motivated me yeah. to be nice or to stick with it and to actually go through with it just to kind of prove people that I can do it. Oh, that's so cool. You know, in the short term, adversity can really, you know, it doesn't make sense. It's like looking at, you know, a mosaic with your face right up to it. And and it's not so you kind of zoom out and you see, like you just said, like, you know, you're thankful for it when you really look at it in the macro. And so here's some really weird things that you just said that I totally relate to. So my first camera I ever got, I got because I babysat my cousins and my, my <laughs> uncle and my aunt gave me, gave me an old school. This is before DSLR, but it was an SLR that I had for a, for a photography class in college and I couldn't afford to buy a camera. And so they traded me for a summer of babysitting. They traded me a camera. And so I was like, when you said that, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what else is? So, so I kept this, the reason why I asked you if you kept that like a screenshot of that is I had this piece of paper when I decided that I wanted to become a dance teacher, I called two dance studios. And the first one was this like local kind of like independent school. And I called them and they told me, they asked me on the phone, they said, how tall are you? And I said, uh, I'm six, four. And they said, we're not hiring. And they hung up on <laughs> me. And, and then on the other side of this piece of paper was the, was the phone number to Arthur Murray. You know, they invited me down the whole nine yards. I got started my career, but I kept that piece of paper as like this motivation because of like how close I could have ended up at the wrong place. So many people see hardship and then they just let that steer them in the wrong direction. And I think it's so great that you're using it for the right, you know, for the right reasons. Yeah, no, that's something that I try to be kind of open with people about is my struggles because I've been there. I know what it's like. And I know, especially in the area that I live in, I feel like Utah is the most saturated place in the entire world with photographers. <laughs> and I could be wrong, but I feel like a lot of the trends in the photography world are born in Utah. And so the pressure to perform well, to get clients, to stand out is immense. Sure. And it's really easy to see how well someone else is doing and how well you're not doing. 
there are girls that I still talk to very often that are frustrated because they're, they're not booking. They don't like their work and they just want to give up. And I'm like, no, I've been there. I've been in your shoes. Do not give up. I promise if you put the time in, you will get where you want to be. And I can use my experience by saying, I can tell you this because I've been there, not because I just want to motivate you to do it. Like I'm living testament to the fact that if you put hard work in and you really have the determination to get there, you will get there. I think it's so cool that you use that like reset button as like a way to audit your own stuff and say like, you know what, I've I've been walking around and thinking that I'm so great. And now I realize I'm going to like double down and invest in myself. And, uh, and you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, that's totally true. Okay. So let's talk from a, from the Utah photographer standpoint, do you feel like it's, it's because of just the beautiful landscape is, you know, is it just because it's, you know, some incredible like photography classes at like University of Utah. Like, what do you, why do you feel like that's the the hotbed for photography? Okay. This is a really good question. And I don't know the answer, but I do have an opinion on it. Okay. And I think that it is because the Utah world is just different than anywhere else in the world in that I feel most people need pictures for Christmas. So they need family pictures And then birthday, like maybe baby's first birthday or something. But mostly it's for weddings. Sure. Um, I believe Utah is the most saturated place for weddings in the world. Because of the culture that is here, the Mormon community, it's not like the normal world where people meet, they date for years, they're engaged for anywhere from one to five years, and then they get married. People meet, get engaged, and get married within a couple of months here. Wow. And so there are weddings consistently happening every single day. (laughs) And the reason there are so many photographers is because it's so saturated with weddings. The market holds up to that. So there is a need for 100 photographers every Saturday between Salt Lake and Provo. Um, Easily, easily. So there... Most people here get married at the temples and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I think eight temples between Salt Lake and Payson, which is about an hour drive. And the Salt Lake can get up to 80 weddings a day. And then the Provo City Center can get up to probably 50. And then the others will have 80 weddings in a day at one location. Yeah. And there are eight of these locations. And so it's really hundreds and hundreds of weddings going on. And that's just counting the temples, not even the other venues that weddings can be taking place. And so it's just so saturated with weddings that it's necessary to have so many photographers here. And because I also feel like the Mormon community looks to find the best deal possible. And so if your aunt can take your pictures or if your friend wants to be a photographer and take your pictures, then a lot of people will choose to pay someone $200 as their starting out photographer versus an established one that you're going to have to pay thousands of dollars for. Sure. So, I mean, and then you just have to let the quality of your work be your differentiation, I'm assuming. Exactly. Yep. Man, I did not even think about that, but that makes total sense. Um, just, I didn't realize that the dating to married window was so short. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. No, I have photographed couples who have met the end of, like I did a couple who met the end of November and they like met the end of November and they got married at the beginning of February. Oh my goodness. 
And that's not necessarily an uncommon thing. I feel like average time people meet are engaged and married within a year. Have you had any firsthand experience like watching like a wedding dance? Give me the, the two ends of the spectrum that you've witnessed without, <laughs> without naming any names. <laughs> um, okay. So the first one I will name a name because it's okay. He's my brother-in-law. Oh, cool. The first wedding dance that I witnessed was actually at my sister's wedding when I was, I think, a freshman or sophomore in high school. I think I was a sophomore. And it was hilarious. They, like, he and his friends got together. They did a choreographed dance and surprised my sister with it. And it was hilarious. Oh, cool. um, and we still, like, as a family, watch it regularly. Um, <laughs> what did they dance to? I, oh, they danced to... Oh my goodness. I let me look this up. It's on YouTube. <laughs> it was like an NSYNC song, I think. Oh god, that's um, perfect. Oh yeah. It's it, they dance to the one by Backstreet Boys. That's what it is. Okay, so is it okay if we link to that video in the in the oh, interview? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. I can get you that link. Um, okay. So that was the first one I had seen. Um, but since then, I've seen choreographed dances most common with the brides and their dads. Oh, great. And um, I've seen, like, the one I'm thinking of right now that sticks out the most to me was a wedding I did, I think, two years ago. And it was the cutest thing. They started doing their slow dance, and they were really emotional. And then all of a sudden, the song changed, and they had this full-on choreographed dance. And it was absolutely hilarious. I loved it. It was so cute in their personalities really came out during the dance and i'm sure that helps with like audience reactions in the background you don't you know want people falling asleep and stuff like that so <laughs> i mean i'm sure you got some good shots from that right oh yeah totally um and i'm trying to think if there have been any others that i can really remember i know i've seen a couple of choreographed dances between the bride and groom during their first dance that they'll do like start with a slow song and then they'll break out into a choreographed dance that's just more fun yeah and i don't know i feel like when people do things like that it just kind of spices it up and like you said it entertains people mm -hmm. um because another thing with utah weddings is they're all very cookie cutter as far as they have a reception where they have a line. I don't know if you know what a line is. I didn't know people outside of Utah didn't really know what a line was. No, what is it? So the bride and groom literally stand in one spot and the bride's parents are standing by her. The groom's parents are standing by him and people come in and walk through the line to greet the bride and groom and their parents and then they go get the food and sit down and then they'll leave. And then at the end of the line, they'll usually do a line anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. Whoa. And then they go do their first dance. They cut the cake. They do the bouquet toss, the garter toss. And then sometimes they do a group dance where they can turn on music and other people will dance. And a lot of the times they don't. Oh, you mean and like so, no, no reception dancing, you mean? Right. Right. Wow. Um, and so it's pretty cookie cutter in everything that happens at Utah weddings. And so um, when you show up to a reception in Utah or really a Mormon reception and they do some sort of choreographed dance, it's way out of the ordinary and it's super entertaining and it gets the crowd involved, which is so fun. 
Well, I think that, you know, something, I mean, we're always talking about, you know, for couples that maybe come in and they're like, well, we're not sure if we're really going to do this. And we, we try to explain to them that like, this is your one way of like differentiating, you know, your wedding from, from every other wedding that you've been to. But on top of that, you know, what ends up happening is if you're going to spend all this money on a photographer and a videographer, you know, and then you're just swaying side to side to a boys to men song for five minutes, you know, <laughs> that's not necessarily going to be the thing that's going to create like the best pictures or video, you know? No, I 100% agree. And you can talk to probably any photographer and any videographer and receptions that are super cookie cutter, cookie cutter are not fun to be a part of because they all look the same. The videos will be the same. The pictures will all be the same, but it's when people do things that are different and spice it up that it makes our job more fun, but also gives them more unique photos and video to kind of help their day stand out more than anyone else. That's so cool. So like speaking of doing something like kind of different, do you feel like you have to, from a, from your engagement photo standpoint, are you having people come in as a blank slate and they're like, do whatever you want? Or do they come in and they kind of have a point of view or how often are you trying to like encourage them to do something like some of your work where it's outdoors? And is that something that, that really, that's probably not a tough sell for you, right? I mean, it's, they see the work and they're just like, I want to do it on a mountaintop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I do have a range of people who come in with knowing exactly what they want and some people not knowing anything. Yeah, I hate shooting in places that I feel everyone else photographs. Like, I will sit down and say, okay, I'm going to take this day and do nothing but drive around and find a new location. And I'll write down, like, 10 new locations, and I'll take pictures of them. And when I meet with my couples, I will first ask, do you have somewhere specific in mind that you want? And they usually say no. Then my next question is, okay, well, then what do you want in your background? Do you want a beach look? Do you want mountains? Do you want pine trees? Do you want aspens? Do you want snow? Um, And I run them through all the questions, and then we narrow it down to kind of what they want. And then I show them all the locations. And if they pick a spot that's super popular, I'll try to kind of persuade them to go a different direction. But if they won't really budge, then we go there, and I always push myself at every single photo shoot to shoot in a location I haven't or well and a pose I've never done before so that I'm always kind of pushing myself but then they're also getting something that they've never seen before and that is different that's great I think this has been really wonderful I think so much of what you've shared is so relevant for us you know I I feel like ballroom dancing is such a niche community, you know, I should say it's a niche hobby, but it's, it's made up of like regular people. And I think that so much of what, you know, I want to be able to do is, is kind of share stories that are inspiring because inspiring stories can, can impact anybody regardless of what they do and what their hobbies are. And I love how your origin story developed and the pitfalls and the, all of that stuff. And you have to screenshot that, that Facebook comment stream. I'm (laughs) I'm still looking for it. So, so one thing we'd like to do is to do rapid fire questions. And now it's time for rapid fire questions. The so first one is what's one thing uh, like a geeky collection, something that you're like a total closet nerd about, maybe something that you that you did as a kid that maybe not many people know about you. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
Let's see. I'm always twisting my hair around my finger. Anyone who like spends time with me will notice I'm always playing with my hair. From the time that my hair grew in on my head as a child, I've been touching my hair. Like even through this whole interview, I'm just sitting here twisting my hair and I can tie knots in my hair with one finger. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Okay. uh, Give me one if you could, if you could do a photo shoot with one celebrity, who would it be and why? Oh my goodness! Um, oh, I have no idea. Um, I do photograph a famous family in California every couple of months, and honestly, like they're a dream. They are so fun to work with, and they're super easy because they know what they're doing. So I honestly would probably just keep shooting them. <laughs> That's so cool. And then. It could be like, maybe it could be a photo, but, um, but it may be a movie that you've seen that really, when you think about it, like every single time that you've experienced it, it really prompts an emotional response for you. Oh, let's see. I like, are you talking from like the photography standpoint? So like I, it, it, it makes me emotional because of how it looks or just in general. No, no, it could just be like every single time that I watch Titanic, I ball my eyes out and make it be okay. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, my absolute favorite movie in the whole world is Heavyweights. It's like an old Disney movie that not a lot of people know exists. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't play on Disney Channel anymore because it's kind of not the best show. It's about these fat kids who go to fat camp. And it's absolutely hilarious. And I laugh every time. <laughs> I hate watching any movie more than once. And I've seen that one over 50 times easily. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. And I'm like a Disney nut. So that's so cool. I have to look that up. Oh, yeah. It's totally worth it. It's absolutely hilarious. And I'm in shock that anything like that was ever on Disney Channel. <laughs> there, you know, there's some hardcore, like, dark years for Disney. I know. Like, <laughs> some scary movies and stuff. That I, I My dad had me watching that. There's a movie with Sean Connery's in it called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. And, uh-huh. uh, and that was one of those live action ones that combined a little bit of animation. But it was, uh, that was like, man, I... I Still, I would never let my kids watch that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. And so, um, so now final thought question is, you know, what would, what, what would you say to, um, if you could say anything to like maybe that future, um, you know, client of yours or maybe somebody, uh, actually let's make this even better. If you could talk and say something to somebody that was in your shoes from, from when you really got discouraged and you kind of had to talk them out of it, what would be like your, you know, your words of encouragement for someone that was like contemplating, you know, um, quitting something that they were at, at one point, like really passionate about what would be your message to them? So I would first try to help them remember why they're passionate about it so that hopefully that flame, they can recognize that flame is still in them. Um, But also not compare themselves to anyone, but instead look to others as something to aspire to so that you're always working towards a goal. Um, Like I would find a photographer and be like, okay, I want to achieve that look. And as soon as I achieved it, I would find a different one that I liked even more and work towards that goal. So instead of sitting and comparing yourself and figuring out what you're not, find out what you are and what you hope to be, and then work to become who you're hoping that you can. Oh, that's great. 
Awesome. Okay. So, uh, how do people get in touch with you? Like, um, why don't you share, like, you know, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if, if they want to do some work with you? The best way to get a hold of me is just emailing me and my email is super easy because it's just alishootspeople at gmail.com. That's great. All right. Well, this is, and then, you know, I didn't even ask you what's your, what your last name is. So I actually just got married. So my maiden name is Canon, ironically. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so, so I'm really having a hard time parting with it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and your new married name is, is Nikon. Right, right. No, it's Parkinson. So my name is Alice Parkinson, but on Instagram, I'll probably keep it Alice Cannon because that's what people know me as. You know, what's so funny is, is our assistant thought that that might be, he thought it might've been like a fake, like last name just for, because you're a <laughs> photographer. So he put it down, but he was like, I'm not sure if this is real or not. So, um, so it, Jack, it's Alice Cannon. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's people so cool. usually ask me, they're like, is that fake? Nope. It oh. really is my last name. So <laughs> wait, so if you just got married, so did you guys do a wedding dance? Um, so we did not do a wedding dance because I am an extreme introvert and I hate being the center of attention in the first <laughs> okay. place. And so like, I didn't even want a reception at all. Like if it was up to me, I would have eloped. Um, <laughs> So we did like the traditional first dance, dance with my dad, dance with his mom. Um, but we didn't do anything really necessarily out of the ordinary as far as um, the structure. But I sure. feel like we decided to just make our decorations different than anything we'd seen before. Very cool. And so, um, well, that's something we can maybe explore for you guys for an anniversary party in the future. Deal. Yeah, I would love to set something up with you. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, this has been so much fun getting a chance to get to know you. And, and thanks for giving us the inside scoop on just the the Utah culture. And like, I had no idea about the number of weddings, but it totally makes sense now. And uh, and I think that's going to be really helpful. And uh, just kind of knowing, you know, how important you know, the wedding community is out there. Um, we can definitely prepare ourselves to, to make sure that everyone's going to look their best on their wedding day. Well, thank you so much. Final thought. At some point in anything you do, you're going to encounter criticism, whether that's external or internal. In a way, we're all like Alice. In some cases, we've taken a hobby that we really loved or were passionate about, and we've put it into that box like she talked about, but unfortunately, we've never taken the time to open it back up. I think that Alice's story is really indicative of what can happen if you decide to take that feedback and take that criticism and repurpose it into something that is really motivational. Not to mention all the great tips on the Utah wedding scene and, and fun photography stories. So make sure that you check her out on Instagram at Alice Shoots People, a great guest on the Off the Floor podcast where we look at stories outside of the world of dancing that just might relate back to your hobby. I'm your host, Chris Lynham. Thanks so much for tuning in.